Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Corey's back. He's I'm back. back. Better than ever. Libservative podcast host, folks. He's uh, not liberal. He's not conservative. He's not libertarian, but he's all three. Are you liberal? Uh, so it's interesting. I have some uh, – I don't like to use the word liberal just because it's such a dirty word. Everyone just, everyone fucking hates the word liberal, and everyone hates the word conservative nowadays. So I try it's to like say Pepsi. like – Pepsi. It's a dirty word. Yeah, a little bit more left. Like when it comes to like working class and stuff like that, but fundamentally also pretty libertarian, small L, not big L. And uh, yeah, I have like, I like to say it like, like if you took a shotgun, like buckshot or, you know, birdshot and shot it from like 30 feet away to a piece of paper of a spectrum of like where everyone's ideology aligns and mine would look like that. A little bit over here, a little bit over there. I believe deep state. So I technically fall out of those categories. Yeah, it's all deep state. No, there's, there's a huge, uh, huge it's like what uh, edward snowden saying that joe rogan episode the deep state's just a bunch of people who just know how to do all the make everything work and they just manipulate elected officials like i'm not into voter fraud like i don't do all that whole like oh voter election was rigged i don't do like go into that depth but i go if nobody voted somebody's getting elected like yeah whether true. they're dead and they voted it's going to happen something's going to happen it's just they're going to pick whoever it's going to be sometimes and i i don't think it's crazy but I don't know. I mean, you learn about like Robert Epstein when he was talking about um, Google and Facebook's algorithms for looking for non-deciding voters and that they would push campaign ads for – I think it was during the Hillary Clinton versus Trump election. They were pushing Hillary, like showing multiple different posts from Hillary's campaign ads and not letting uh, Trump's go up there um, as oh, it much. Wasn't, it wasn't the Steele dossier. It wasn't the Russians. I know. That's I, <laughs> They always blame the Russians. I feel so bad. Yeah, there's some guys over there who's like, what? I'm just uh, sitting here drinking vodka. I just but, uh, <laughs> There's real Facebook troll farms that are Russian-like stuff. That is real. The top one on Facebook is My Baby Daddy Ain't Shit. And it's got like eight – and it's just stuff people like. It's like if you make a TikTok about depression, everyone's going to like it because they can relate. As long as you make it relatable and then you make it something that is like not super far out there. That's what makes it super hard if you're like – focusing on like a niche like stamp collection you're gonna get an audience for sure i'm sure there's a whole community of stamps but it's a niche is. audience yes you want tiktok at all no fuck that i knew that was bad from the beginning and now i'm seeing everybody's <laughs> like they've been stealing our information i was like didn't we talk about this years ago and now it's all just coming back to the forefront how many people just put their ass on there we only want our government stealing your information not any other government yeah that's what i like the people I know about, the, the ones I can see when they pick me up in a van and take me away. I like to think that with all the notifications and everything shut off on TikTok and using our burner marketing account uh, email, uh, that I'm kind of safe on there. But I think that just helps me sleep at night. Never. I don't think I am. You're never, never. safe. Whenever you want. They got, they got my face. I'm just on there ranting about shit, politics. You like politics a lot. You built a whole show around it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like to get political, but I like the history of some stuff because like I think I learn a lot. I would have paid attention way more in school if I would have knew half the stuff I've learned on this show compared to what they taught me in school. Like the JFK topic is a good one. We're not going to really talk about it, but I got a 15 minutes of Pruder film. And then now I've been down the rabbit hole where I'm like, I'm looking through 64,000 things of government documents to tell you that there's some weird stuff going on here it's not normal let's just say that that's fine it's no you know. you're right it isn't like the church committee and what's the other one the pike committee was it the pike committee pike committee clark panel as well too hsca i mean a lot of 
in government investigations that came through that really leaks. And that's what I try and tell people. I was like, is, is if you ever hear something that sounds conspiratorial, I was like, just check the past. And you'll probably find out that it's real. I sent you this, which was the COINTEL program. Most people know about COINTEL Pro, about invading the Black Panther parties. And I think that's about it, like inserting free rap. They didn't, I didn't know they messaged the guys' wives. They sent letters to the, the leaders' wives. And they were like, hey, your husbands are sleeping around with teenagers. And I was like, that's a low gut punch. I they mean, did the MLK too. I, well, they did a fake suicide note for MLK where you're just like, all right, look. I know, like, see, I don't like the double standard. People go, well, of course, because we know about how they've horribly mistreated a certain ethnicity throughout history. I'm like, yeah, but it can happen to anybody. Like, look at look the history of disabilities. So that's something that we've been really starting to push on the show about the how it's almost like by design with the narrative of divisiveness with race, to where like, the, obviously when you do <clears throat> when you do the ratios, right, like more black people. Like for a percentage, more black people are killed by police. But when you look at all the numbers, way more white people are actually killed by police. I'm not going to touch stop... that with a 10 foot pole, my man. Oh, hey, that's, yeah. You don't that's have your to. own topic. It's just, I'm just saying, yeah, it's my own topic. But it's just like, but it's weird because then how do you explain to people like, well, it happens to white people too without sounding racist. But what you're really trying to do is tell everyone, no, the government's fucking everyone up. And then by design, they're making a divisive thing. So you argue amongst yourselves instead of working together to tell the government to, hey, knock that off. Just, hey, stop it. Like the, uh, uh, what's his face? Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan video. Stop it. Get some help. Wait, what? I've never <laughs> you seen ever that. See that. The one is just like a video. It was like a uh, old PSA he made like in the 80s or 90s. I think it was about uh, either drug use or self-harm. He's like, stop it. Get some help. Dude, we went in a crazy direction with drugs, man. We made it so illegal, and we had D.A.R.E. programs where it made you want to do drugs even more when you pulled out, like, a suitcase, and it was like, here's cocaine, here's crack, here's methamphetamine. And you're like, wow, in fourth grade, and then he just puts it all in your hands. You're like, holy, can I eat all of these? No, just eat one. And I'm like, I already ate them all. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> but now we're in this place so where you're the, everything's legal. So you're the reason the D.A.R.E. program ended. Dude, I will give different. Officer Christofoli a lot of credit. He really tried his hardest to make sure nobody did drugs, but everyone in that class of mine did drugs and still probably does a lot of drugs. Dude, I remember being there. I remember when you had, like, at the end, they made you do the whole play and sing the songs and stuff like that. And uh, I remember getting in trouble and losing recess because the song for Dare was like, D, I won't do drugs. A, won't have an attitude. I don't remember that. Me and my friends kept singing D, I will do drugs. And then we had to sit out, sit on the bench for recess. I remember sitting in the class when he came in there and like kind of like was talking to everyone. And they had like the stuffed animals, the lollipops. It was like sixth grade, I think it was. And um, so I was a year behind everybody. And I just remember in my head just trying to think like what shitty position or stick did he pull to get this shift to come in here and go to schools? And I guess he really wanted to do it. But I, I made a whole backstory in my head. Like he went out drinking the night before and he was like woke up and they're like, hey, you're doing dare, dude. He's like, fuck, I got to go talk to some little kids and make an assembly some and little do all cross this. goblins. <laughs> cross goblins <laughs> is a good term. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah that's that program went it went down the drain real quick it's nice to see that like hopefully we finally get at least marijuana off of the uh schedule was it schedule one schedule three i forget the two i always get do you want that though uh for criminality yeah because it's just bullshit that people 
get locked up and have their lives ruined over a plant. So I don't do pot anymore. Um, I actually don't recommend it to anybody, but if it helps people, it helps people. Obviously, I've talked about this conversation from both sides of the aisle on this one. One that I will like who's done. I know you sure know Carl Hunt. I think his name is Carl Hart. Um, I've bet I've talked to his opponent who always debates him on these types of things. And he's not a bad guy at all. Ben Court's a really nice guy, but he was saying the issue of why we're letting it become legal. He's like, back in your grandpa's day, they smoked 20 joints to get high off of this dirt weed. You would smoke maybe two, you would smoke two bowls and get high. Now you have kids that are walking into a store and getting a thousand milligram cake pop and then just being scarred and have traumatized. And he goes, the issue is, is that the argument that never gets brought to the table when you're against pot, it's not that you're against the drug. It actually might be better to have it be sold by individuals who are like selling it out of their house. And that sounds horrible, but it's because the government has found a way to profit off of it. And that's why they're making it legal. And the issue is, is that they're making it so synthesized and so pure that it is really damaging, could be long-term effects that we don't really know yet. So that's like my whole thing about, and I'm okay if someone wants to, you know, I'm not going to stop anybody from smoking a joint. I mean, there's people that smoke crack and I just kind of like go, holy shit, it's fucking 3 a.m. And this guy's crack leaning. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. There definitely needs to be some sort of like, and that's the thing. I think when you uh, made it to where like the federal government was actually not making it like federally illegal and these companies could actually use banks. Cause right now it's a cash, it's a whole cash system. Uh, I mean, I think they could put like money. Did you into... say federally? Um, yeah. Federally legal. Federally. Yeah. Because right now, like, like the federal government still sees it federal. as federal. Like federal. Okay, thank you. You said <laughs> Sorry, federally. Buddy. I was like, what the fuck is federally? Well, yeah, fe yeah, federally legal. I guess, and that's probably not even a Sounds word. Sounds like a goddamn that. ice cream you get from Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think that uh, like there needs to be some regulation on it at least, like like the like the alcohol industry. Like you can't make things that are just like super super just like moonshine. You know what I mean? No, because I drink moonshine. Like, ooh, I like moonshine. It's 128 proof. I don't know how the fuck they got those numbers. I didn't pass math in school, but I can tell you one thing. That's a little I bit more than the, what the total is. I forget how the proof works, but it's it's like almost. You don't like, need a lot. You just need a little. Right. But like it's when it's like 128 proof, that's probably like, what would that be? Like it's 60%. called blue flame and it's blue like Kool-Aid. Where I'm like, it's you like, could it's really like 60 percent. That's alcohol. what they did at Jonestown. They just dumped a bunch of blue flame whiskey into, or not whiskey, a moonshine into a, a tub. And everyone's like, it's going to it's bleach. No, it's not. It's fucking it's this type of moonshine that's going to get you. It's goddamn ethyl alcohol. How many cups have you had? I've had 10, John. Jesus. Hey, he's going to be high <laughs> off his ass. <laughs> yeah, he does. He doesn't die because he's an alcoholic. He's just getting high as fuck on the drugs. Well, I mean, look, there are some people like I go into the liquor store and there's a really nice lady there and I, you know, show my ID every time because I look like a forever puppy. It's fine. Um, and I just kind of show her the ID and she goes, oh, OK, yep, and gets the moonshine and everything. And then there's a guy that comes in. He's like blue jeans, all stained, look like he's a painter or something. And he's wearing a hoodie and he gets like nine of those 99 things with one hand and then just puts them on the counter. And I'm like, he's going to a stocking job or a construction site where he's just going to use those and drink those all day while he does his work. I don't. I'm not going to judge him, but at the same time, I don't want that to be me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You see, you see certain paths people have taken. It's like, okay, uh, mental note, don't fall into that trap. But I also get shit for like, I'll smoke a cigarette rarely, 
Um, but like if I do five hours of cardio, I'm smoking a cigarette, man. Hundred percent. It's happening. That video. <laughs> That's funny. Did you, you like? It's okay. I sent that to a couple of people, like Ryan Sickler and all them, and they all liked it. And I was like, all right, cool. It's comedy. Good. It's three o'clock in the morning. Everything's funny. So I'm like, fuck. Like, what? like I do it, and I you're don't just, know what. The... <laughs> you're that uh, that sleep depraved delusional state. Yeah, at that point, you know, anything's fun. Um, except when they're playing like CNN and like Fox News at the gym. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this shit. What the fuck are we talking about? Just Project Mockingjay just throwing right in your face. I don't think it's that. Mockingbird. They still, well, they're able to talk about conspiratorial stuff, but the issue is it becomes right wing and left wing, which is why I don't like the whole party system and stuff. But I mean, if you could, if I gave you the key, I'm pretty sure I've asked you this question multiple times, but I gave you the keys to anything um, to be able to start working on first, what would it be? Probably trying to make it to where we had ranked choice voting or like more than more than just the two parties. You think you have to vote in person? Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily like freaked out about the mail-in voting. We've been doing it since the Civil War. People who were at war, you know, like soldiers and stuff that were overseas were mailing in their votes and stuff like that. And like, like so in Michigan, for mail-in voting, your signature has to match the same signature you did in person to get your ID because you have to go in person to get that. So when if you do a mail-in vote, and when you sign your your ballot, your signature has to match like that almost identically, or they just they toss it out. We just had recently a bunch of people Republicans running for governor, and they were all using the same third party to like collect petition votes, and all of those votes got like all of them who got these votes uh, got axed because they were a bunch of fraudulent votes, and they were able to tell by the signatures. So it's actually the right side that was doing it. I've never <laughs> signed anything that looks exactly the same as I signed it before. Well, then don't do mail-in voting because your vote probably won't count. That's what they always tell me. I vote and they go, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count anyway. That's why I think it's all fucking bullshit. <laughs> I still like to have some faith in it. Like for, I mean, I'm sure there's bad actors. There's people that are trying to sneak like their parents' votes in to vote like through mail or something to vote how they want them to vote and vice versa. But there's way too many hands in the pot for there to be some sort of crazy fraudulent thing like it's because it's so decentralized like the stuff here is seen by local people from our city that are there doing it and they're taking the votes and then they give it to people and then those people have to certify it and like and that's all done locally in the state and then it's sent from the state to the government and it passes through so many hands like and there's we hear about shit that list like leaks all the time about different shit and uh like for god's sakes we found out through a leak that we're the ones that most likely bomb the Nord Stream pipeline in Ukraine. And so if there was any sort of mass fraud going on like that, like someone would, someone would leak that shit. I just picture a big Rockefeller type when the mail truck comes in with all the voting to stuff for them to count. And he just big cigar in his mouth. And yeah. And just, ones that he doesn't want. But he's got like a Bic lighter and just lights it and lights the whole stack. He goes, now that we did that, now we're going to go return back into our fucking million-dollar jets and just relax for a little bit. Yeah. Glad we got this out of the way. Let's go back to the island. <laughs> but you mentioned the Ukraine thing. I mean, false flags are throughout history. There's been reasons mm -hmm. we've started something. and gone. So that's like – it's so hard because whenever we talk about subjects like this, it's – if someone doesn't agree or doesn't know a whole lot about it, they immediately think it's conspiracy talk because it yeah. sounds They're like put on that tinfoil hat. 
well, it's like the shit that gets me is like everything always leads to like population control and all this type of stuff. And I don't think it's that ever. I really don't. I It's the stupidest thing to say that because there's just no incentive. There's so much more ramifications if you get caught. What I do try and stick by is that like there's a popular video and I use it for JFK conversations a lot. Um, Hale Boggs, if you know who he is, um, back in – Back in the day, he was – I mean he was doing – he worked for the House Unselect Committee or something like that. I think it's House Select or Unselect Committee. Um, pardon me if I get that wrong. But there's a video you can watch on YouTube from AP Archive, and it's just him talking about Hoover. And he's saying – and this is 71. He's like – and this is all before 74 when everything about Hoover came out. And he just starts stating that like Hoover's wiretapping congressmen. Um, he's going against our rights. He's doing all this stuff. And the guy literally says to him, he goes, what's your evidence on that? Because it sounds like a conspiracy. And the guy literally, Hale Boggs, just says, what you're asking right now, and this will come out, but you're asking the FBI to investigate the FBI. And when he said that, I go, what the fuck? Like, how many people know what forensic evidence is? How many people understand full-on uh, medical evidence, any of these types of things? So you trust with the people who have the huge resumes to do their job correctly and not be swayed by corruption. And we know throughout history that people have been swayed by corruption. Once you start kind of saying it out like that, everyone goes, okay, now it's not so conspiratorial. It's like, yes, it's like, it's not that there's a, I'm sure there's probably some elites, but there's just people that are just, people suck. I hate to say it like yeah, that. Some, oh, it's all self-serving. It's ingrained in our genetics. You know, it, that's what it is. Like when I, when you're saying like, I, I fully agree with you that it's not, this like secret cabal that's like ruling the world to do population control or new world order type shit. It's just a bunch of people who they're trying to make a quick buck. And it's riffraff in a helicopter fucking controlling everything. <laughs> riffraff. <laughs> <laughs> How come as soon as he disappeared, everything went to shit? I know, when right? Was, when he was on Vine, everything was great. It's because he introduced <laughs> metal teeth to everybody and everyone's like, I think I want that. Metal teeth and MTV tattoos on your face. You got to go all out. I mean, they those rappers that do that, I like the guy who got a diamond in his forehead and someone fucking pulled it out of it. I don't know if you heard about that. No. Little Uzi Vert installed a gold carrot diamond in his forehead and then someone like Thanos just ripped it out of his fucking head and stole it from him. Yeah, he did a video on it. He's like, someone stole my fucking forehead diamond. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> what a wild time to live in. It's just like when you got money and then you don't know what to do with it. And that's like a big thing. Like a lot of people either you can save it for sure. But I mean, eventually your cost of living goes up because um, you start buying more stuff. The guys, uh, I forgot what his name was. He just sold his or put his house for rent or lease or something for like $178 billion. And it's just like, I, I get it. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people struggling out there, but then people go, well, they should donate that money. I'm like, you wouldn't donate it if you had it. Don't say that. Be realistic with it. Start a company. Maybe you could do something good and make a little bit of money on the side, but also be able to help out. It's like, you got to be rational with what people expect from people. I'm just rational that people would take the more selfish option because it's probably what I would do. Right. And that, so yeah, exactly. So you don't think that people at the top are doing the same thing. Like the F, going back to the FBI, they, spend 659 million dollars in like the last like 10 years or so on informants to invent crime to make themselves relevant so they get money where oh they oh like uh so they 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 get people to be informants and then like for example uh this guy mickey windecker he was infiltrating uh leftist groups in the black uh during like the black lives matter protests a couple years ago 
and encouraging violence and trying to get people to be violent. And like he was in Denver. Is that like, the dude with the umbrella that was hitting shop windows with a hammer and everyone was asked like, hey, what are you doing? And then he was just no, like, but walking. that's that's uh that's shit that they do. They also infiltrated like look at Ray Epps on the right during the Capitol Six uh or January six Capitol riots. They uh, he was an FBI informant. He was an FBI informant as well. So they have FBI informants in both groups trying to get them instigate violence and riots just to delegitimize the movements. I never really fully believed a whole lot of that stuff. Like I thought it was interesting. There's a lot of things you couldn't explain. And then I kind of started talking to a lot of people that during the sixties and seventies, like I said, these were where my examples are going to come from. Um, Ohio university had a giant protest that was going on around it. And through this guy's multiple interviews, I mean, everyone suspected that some of these people that were dressed up in casual clothing were off duty cops that were the ones that initiated like throwing bricks and doing stuff of this sort just so the police could roll onto the campus and shut it down real quickly. I mean, it's a very smart strategy from a government standpoint as much as I – and I want to preface this, and I'll ask you this question as well too because it's something that someone brought up to my attention. Um, being un-American or being unpatriotic because you talk about the government in such a form, and I don't think that's true. I think you're a, more of a patriot if you recognize corruption and want to see that we go onto a better track. Like people take any criticism of the government, the super patriots of the world, um, and they kind of consider it like, how dare you people served and fought and for your freedom? Yes, but also one of the things for the flag is the the fact that you can protest the flag, you can acknowledge certain issues that go on in this country, and you should do so. And it's not saying America's bad. It's just saying the idea that we have been instilled is a bit of a pipe dream, and we can probably work towards what that dream is if we try hard enough. Yeah, yeah, I forget who it was, but it's a quote, and it was, uh, patriotism is loving your country and your government when they deserve it. And uh, the two things are completely, like, separated, you know, like, you can love your country, but still like criticize like the leaders in power and stuff like that. Like that's you're trying to make your country better, like you said, because America is an idea. You know, it's a it's a piece of paper. It's not the government that's instilled. It's the people. You know, like the whole Constitution is designed to restrict the government and basically give the people power to oust them if they don't like them. Well, the people are stronger than any institution. So I mean, if we can stop fighting over little problems of ourselves we could probably get some real change happening so that's where yeah so that's where the fbi and government come in and i know it's fucking divisive smart, yeah they're creating all this divisiveness to get us fight amongst ourselves like for example like the whole east palestine thing that happened like when you really think about it it's not even about like the different races it's about the class and this is where like i sound like a real leftist you know it's it's the fucking class issue that's it's a just like what happened in flint a poor black community the water, uh, water was too caustic that it was leaching lead out of the pipes and poisoning the whole city. And then the government tried to hide it. It was a Republican governor, but he got money through Biden or not Biden, Obama, who was a Democratic president at the time when the city was bankrupt. So it couldn't even tech they supposed to get loans and they got junk bonds through the government, through J.P. Morgan Chase. And just Biden was or Obama was there. Remember, he's like, can I get a glass of water? And like oh, he yeah, just yeah. takes this one little sip when like the water is poisonous. DeWine and all them were just in East Palestine doing the same goddamn thing, drinking water out of someone's tap, trying to make it look safe. And but what's the what's the the uh, what's the same with those two areas? Poor white community in East Palestine, poor black community in uh, in Flint. I would love to see Pelosi in one of those 
where she's like she, she has a cup of water on her desk and you know someone just goes up you mind if i drink this water i want to see how poison it is and she they take a sip of it. And she goes, wait. And then he takes a sip of it, drinks it, and spits and goes, it's gin. What the fuck? <laughs> it's vodka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then they try, and then they try, and then East Palestine, the Norfolk Company, tries to go and move all the toxic waste from East Palestine to a fucking city in Michigan in a city in Texas. And then when you look up the demographics of those cities, the one in Michigan is Romulus. Uh, household income of 35K, half black, half white, Deer Park in Texas. Household in, household income, 36K, half Hispanic, half white. Poor communities. They fuck up this poor community, and then they try to move all the toxic waste out to say, hey, there's no waste here, and they're just trying to ship it off to other poor communities. And you have everyone, but then, you know, the FBI and all them, they have everyone fighting each other over ideologies and race when they're fucking all of us over. So that's my little rant on that. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I don't either. I thought about a second church committee, but apparently everyone that's signing up for that is all like Republican. I'm like, can we just get past that? Can we just have a nonprofit of people that like like me that just don't care about right or left and just really want to know what the hell? And like there's a lot of things. If you read the church committee report, there's a lot of things that would have no impact or shock and awe in any of our lives. And that's like mail wiretapping that's any of this type of stuff because you have a fucking cell phone in your pocket okay like we all have now accepted it's become normalized but there are some real things like cia on college campuses that's a really big issue uh and i would be okay with it if those people consented and understood the ramifications of what happens to them in a certain situation what i've started to learn about from people that have done books and professors that have talked about cia on campus is that a lot of these people sign up for it and they think, oh, my God, I get to be in the CIA. How cool is it going to be? But then when they get caught or something happens, they get left out to dry, and the government has to do plausible deniability. Like, we didn't know about this guy, and we don't know anything about him. He's And then your life is at risk. And then Vern Lyons spent however 35-something years in a federal penitentiary um, with no, no reason why. He just released one day. Oh, sorry. Okay, so he had to lose his wife. He had to go to Cuba. He had to do a bunch of this crazy stuff. And then hearing him tell me the story and him tearing up on me, and it was just like, just as an older guy, that's just like his life has gone to hell because of this. And then now he's missing a giant chunk in time period of his life that he can't even talk about. Well, he can't talk about, but he nope. it's so hard for people to believe him. Besides, if you look up his Law Justica profile and you see that he spent this amount of time in this prison for nothing. And it's like, where's the explanation to that? It's like when I found uh, there's a tape of – Hoover and Johnson talking about Jack Ruby. And he was like, do you, uh, Jack Ruby wants to go to Washington DC to take a polygraph test where he says the truth's going to come out. He goes, do you trust the polygraph test? He goes, I don't trust them a damn bit. And I go, that was in 1964. So I go, they knew that it was bullshit back in 64. And it was in 2014, the innocence project exposed that it was junk science and it's not admissible in court. And I go, how many people did you wrongly convict? How many people did you just get off on the fact that they passed the test when really it's junk science, but if it your narrative? So it's once you start finding historic examples, it doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I'm anti this or anti that. It's just recognizing when you're, everyone's susceptible to being fucked over. And imagine if you were put in that position. No one really cares until they are. Right. Yeah, and that's that's why uh, we that's why you and I, I guess, talk about things like this just to 
pull the sheath off people's I just heads like so talking about it. Just, yeah. I just like talking about it. I don't give a shit if people fucking tune out. I don't care. It's fun for me. Right. I want to watch. I want to <laughs> I'm, I'm already thinking about me. a bit for Nancy Pelosi drinking gin out of a bottle. Dude, we make jokes about her drinking gin all the time on the show. <laughs> like there's there's Nancy up there all hammered. How else do you get through like sitting in a court proceeding like that? Imagine you're one of these professionals and you walk into this congressional hall or wherever the hell it is and you sit down and you're around all these other people that all have different varying ties that depict what side they're on. One's a blue tie, one's a red tie, and there's the guy that shows up wearing fucking orange. You're like, who the fuck are you, man? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I got an invite in the mail. Yeah. And you're like looking around like all disconnected, but there's like, really, it's like you start sitting there, you start going, okay, I want to get what I want and everyone else wants to get what they want. How do I not, how do I support, but also not support? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like, how, how do how I get s- bullshit earmarked bills where it's like a bill that's uh, like the, um, let me think of one, like the, uh, the inflation reduction act, which was <laughs> nothing to do with inflation. It was supposed to be for uh, like infrastructure and stuff, but there's so many different earmarks in it because everyone like, well, I'm only going to sign that if you add a community pool in my state, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So then there's just a bunch of bullshit added to the bill and it just gets bigger and bigger. And... I would just like to see one time, one time, that's it. All of these people lined up in there and you lock the doors and then you just play Sarah McLaughlin and the SPCA commercial. And just watch how many of them break down and realize how evil they are. They like looking in the mirror with their slicked back gelled hair and they're like, oh God, how many puppies have I murdered? And I'm like, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin will do that. See, that's all we need to run this country is Sarah McLaughlin, get everybody feeling like pieces of shit and have them donate money. <laughs> we would save it. all the whales. There would be no a, problem. It's a psyop. <laughs> like I mean, they used to get more if Doritos can get Morgan Freeman and fucking whatever his name is, the guy from Game of Thrones. Um, I wouldn't say Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think that's his name. Peter Dinklage. That's his name. Um, but if they can get him, then the government could pull out anybody. It's when I see Woody Harrelson jump up on TV and start talking about, you know, all the covid related stuff. And I'm like, yep, he's going to a lot of people are going to be saying like he's nuts. He's out of his mind. But his dad was on the grassy knoll. His dad said it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, isn't that interesting that like now the FBI and Department of Energy is saying that it was actually le- oh okay, come on, <laughs> do a show. What the hell? <laughs> oh yeah, we get we get the uh, we get the little warning at the bottom. I'm the on time. YouTube, so YouTube is not letting that any of that conversation pop up there. Interesting. We just had a video pulled from YouTube. Probably because we mentioned that. Yeah, don't do that to me. That'd be awesome. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. On to the next. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next subject before it gets awkward. No, but which one do you think? I mean, most information probably comes from the FBI and the CIA. We probably have a lot of books and movies based on certain things, and we have a lot of documents to back up a lot of corruption in the FBI and CIA. What about the fucking NSA, man? I have no idea what they're doing at all. My neighbor could be an NSA agent, and I They're wouldn't. listening to us right now, probably. Good. Please, <laughs> let me be an informant. If you're spending all, all that money picking out informants, how have I not been asked? Right, like, how come, you're not, how come you're not giving me any money for this, all this free data I'm giving you? It's not even that. Just get me to stop talking instead of trying to kill me. Why don't you just, you know, 
Oh, just pay me off. Yeah, I'll shut up. I'll just go making little bits. One people I won't talk about is the CCP because I know they'll fucking come after me. (laughs) 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 I said that in an episode. I was like, look, if they really want to get America fighting over each other, they can just solve the JFK assassination. I bet you can get two of their guys on it in like five minutes. Just release. But that see, that's what's interesting is like, how have any foreign uh, bad actors like not gotten a hold of that shit and like just released it just to cause chaos. You know what I honestly think? And I said this recently in a UFO discussion I have with my buddy Campbell, I think the whole UAP space program and all that type of stuff, like aliens are real and all this type of stuff. I think it's a front to get more funding into looking to what that is, because I think they know it's foreign intelligence. They know that they've got some devices and some technology and that they're coming over here and that we probably have similar technology, but they also want to be able to fund it more. I think it's a front operation. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if you really kind of look at it, I I was like, I mean, possibly I'm not saying there's not aliens out there. I definitely think there's life out in the universe, but for its purpose to come here and how the alien thing, I mean, we have plenty of documents. I, I can show you thousands of documents about UFO saucers and things that were drawn up. Could be, but also you look at some of this stuff out there now and like the CCP balloon, which I have conflicting views about, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like, it's really about like trying to get more money and money and money so they can keep funding these programs to keep researching. Cause that's what humans do. Oh yeah. Is, no, it goes we, back yeah. to what we were saying. Like with the FBI, they get those informants, like the, uh, they just recently in Michigan, uh, a bunch of FBI informants were a part of this group that can uh convinced all of these fucking backwoods idiots to try to kidnap the governor and the fbi was all involved in it and that, that was actually zip ties right yeah they, that's yeah. fucking nuts man dude yeah the fbi is the ones that got them all riled up to do it and then these idiots actually said they would and then they what do you mean the fbi and arrested them the fbi was involved there was informants involved in that whole operation did they explain why uh they were just infiltrating groups that's what they do. Like these informants literally go around and then try to get people to do shit. Yeah. They did it back in the day. That's COINTELPRO. Yeah. It, they still do the same thing. That's where that money goes to these informants because they can do different, like the informant because it's not officially an FBI agent. Like an FBI agent needs to get a warrant to go in your house. If you have someone who's an informant who's acting and portraying as someone else and they're hanging out with this guy and he goes, Hey, yeah, can I come in? You know? And then he comes in and then he's inside the house and he takes pictures of shit. That's admissible evidence. Yeah. It's a loophole. And they, and they, but then now the FBI can go, Oh my God, we have these crazy right wing people out here trying to uh, kidnap the governor. We need more money <laughs> to try to infiltrate these groups. And so it's a self-fulfilling thing. Like you said, like the front with the, uh, the saucers, they want more money use fear as a tactic to get people to go holy shit yeah take my money protect me that's i mean cia does i know a lot more about the cia than i do the fbi but the the cia they found ways to be able to classify things as national security even though it might not be national security which is like my biggest thing with like the release of the jfk documents is just like they don't define their terms. YouTube does it too. YouTube will say that they flagged your video, but not tell you exactly what they flagged. So you can make sure you don't make the same mistake again. It's an open door policy. It just means that if they don't like it based on whoever viewed it, they can just remove it, which makes it very fragile, especially when you're dealing with how now the internet basis has now became the main platform for people to get avenues of revenue and so many other stuff. I mean, this is where people want to go and have their start. They want to 
this is their career they want to do. And then if you have someone that has all these billions of followers and then you just delete their account because you don't like whatever they changed destroyed to. their life. Yeah. You, yeah. You so just destroy their life. And that leads to like offshoots like Rumble and all those. But I do, you can't beat the maximization that YouTube has compared to all these other sites. I mean, the best thing that you can do is that you just you allow all content to be up there. It sucks. You know, if there's some things that you don't like to see, but also at the same time, it's just you can't gatekeep. You can't be the per like there's no person in the world that's fit to make the decision of what to do for this country or what to do when it comes to standards or things that should be allowed. There's just no person fit for it. Right. And I think the founding fathers figured that out a long ass time ago when they just said free speech. You know, it sucks. Sometimes people are going to say shit you don't want to hear. Uh, either you can either, I guess you choose to ignore it or you try to come. And if it's in any sort of good faith that you just try to have a, a, an argument that counters their points, it just, that takes a lot more time than just shutting people up. Yeah, it's easier to just like send yeah. them a drone strike or something like that and be like, right. Don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> just bomb a wedding in the Middle East. <laughs> Obama. <laughs> how, how fucking dare you well, that's okay they uh all the presidents do it yeah but i think obama like really did it a lot more. so it's it's interesting yeah because he was the first one to even start reporting it so before him they didn't actually keep track of how many people they were drone striking i just don't like the lies can we just not have the hidden cr cloud of secrecy and it's like well that's what our intelligence agencies are for i was like but do you know what they do yeah well they Stop terrorists. I'm like, but what's a terrorist? Can we define that? Because just saying COINTELPRO wasn't just Black Panther parties. They also invaded the KKK and a bunch of other stuff as well, too. But it was things that you just saw that was going to be a problem towards your throne of power. So you just, And I'm saying the KKK is good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying the Black Panther parties were 100% good. I'm not saying that at all. But there's a lot of evidence to show that even in non-passive or non-aggressive forms or meetings that they would have they would just be radicalized to attack each other and it was like you just throw a rock at a hornet's nest and it's like i get it i mean but so many things in our history could easily have been just passive stuff and i know they always say well it could escalate i'm like that's true but also do you do more damage when you do escalate the situation with whatever program you're doing or with your actual use of lethal force yeah, yeah, that's yeah, because you don't know how if it's going to get actual violent, like you were saying, unless someone actually tries to push them in that direction. And that's what the COINTEL program was, and that's what they're still fucking doing. You think they're still drugging people? Uh, possibly. I mean, I, I believe it. After the church committed, did the FBI or CIA just go? Like in some like the Grinch movie style, like you're right, guys, we were wrong, but now my heart grew two sizes too big, and I see the light. We're never gonna do this again. Or do they just not say anything? Well, as, much, about... as much as the church committee did, like the work they did do, and they did do a lot of good work. There was a whitewash. Um, there was no punishment. There was no ramifications for their actions. It was basically just like a slap in the media, of like this is what your government's up to, and then it's like. People forgot. They moved the fuck on. And it's like, even if it came out today, would we still have the impact? People would be mad for a week and then back to their lives and TikToks and videos and things of that sort, which which sucks because it's like you can affect real change with you get everybody angry all at once. And the only way to do that is to get a giant court proceeding broadcasted on every single television to where everyone sees it. And in that moment, everyone's mad and they do something about it. You know, I think I think people care deep down. It's just about showing them that they should care. 
you know, and it's not like anybody's a voice to be able to do that. I mean, sure, there's plenty of people out there that have been screaming it from the fucking rooftops, but it's also like who would be the best people for that? Who would not be swayed? Who would not be turned to money? You know, any of these situations that I think we all fall susceptible to. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, like people are just so fucking like busy with their everyday lives. That's like they don't just they just don't have time. Just give me stock in YooHoo, and I, we're, we'll fucking call it a deal, dude. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just you, like oh, oh. For some reason, I thought you meant Yahoo, like the website. I was like, I don't know if that's actually no. The, the good give me Bing thing. property. Can I have Bing property, dude? That AI chat stuff is wild, isn't it? I know it pushes back a little bit. People are getting a little upset. Good. <laughs> yeah, I want Alexa to talk thing. bad to me. Thank God. Yeah, some guy, I was reading this thing from a New York Times article. The guy was, uh, he spent hours and hours and hours on it. And like, I've played with it too. Like, it remembers the conversation and you have to like ask from different angles to get it to say different things and stuff. And it, uh, this guy got it to all of a sudden reveal this character, Sydney. And it was professing its love for him and telling him to leave his wife. Jesus, really? <laughs> yeah. And wow. it was getting like, like, like it gets like, like, uh, I guess it gets a little like smug and like agitated and it talks about sentience and look, I'm just saying, and I brought this up before if Nixon was elected during Kennedy's de the debate thing, if it wasn't Kennedy and if it was Nixon, we would not have the history we have on Nixon that we do now. I think he was fit for that time period, but he tried his methods in a different time period where the country had experienced a different way of thinking. Um, and I think that's what got him there. My whole example for that is because if you're sitting in front of your computer and it's just a computer and it starts saying, leave your wife and come live with me and do all this type of stuff, you're not going to do it. But if this thing was 100 years from now or they have a Mariah Carey body on this thing or they have a hot styling body and it was Someone might. and it was a robot, 100 percent, dude. Are you telling right. me? <laughs> run away with me? Let's fucking go right now. Right. Like, oh, wow, you're really strong you, you, and you're not tired and you're not going to nag me. Time and place is the biggest fucking thing. And I'm telling you, it matters so much. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's it's really wild. I've had that thing. Uh... But isn't that a way to get digital twins, though? Like, I feel like they could just they're making a digital twin with that AI bot. You ever heard about digital twins? Mm -mm. So I talked about this a while back on my show. It's called Living Architecture. It's a pretty interesting subject you should look into a little bit. Um, it's basically about making communities, but less city standards, more urban. But when you make them urban, you make them kind of with renewable energy sources and you build these homes. These homes can literally talk to you, but they're copies. So a digital twin is like there's a good example that's going on right now. There's an island that's near Indonesia. That is going to be gone in 10 years. The water level has just kept rising, so it's going to be disappear. So what the guy did in a virtual simulator, they've taken pictures and videographs and put the history all encoded to make a simulated version of this island in a digital form so that people can still go experience it in like VR and things of this sort. It's a digital twin. It's a copy, which is dangerous if you think we're all going to be living in like a metaverse one day. We're not going to have any real physical things about we're us it's going to be in pods with ivs hooked up to us and we're i picture chips world. our brain and our consciousness will be in a chip and then they'll put it in a satellite and then it'll just be floating around the like in multiple different uploads to many different satellites so you'll be on base a or base b but then you're all connected in this giant virtual connection thing where you can link up at any time it'd be really fucking freaky um but no the digital twin is the copy of the island so people can still experience it which is awesome if we have situations where we can't save or we can't do anything and it is going to go away, but it's also, we don't want to make that acceptable to the point where it becomes the norm. 
where it's like eventually you get to what that Amazon show was called upload or whatever, where right before you die, you can upload yourself to a virtual simulator. Cause then it's like the people alive have to keep paying your bills so you can be able to live in the virtual simulator or they freeze you. And then you just run out of data. And I'm like, that would suck, man. Who would take care of you if you died at like 20 or 30, whatever. And then you had to be in a simulator and you're married to some crazy person. Like I'll cut you off and I'll stop paying for it. You're like, Oh fuck. They're going to put okay, me in a yeah, floppy I'm disk. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's insane. That's wild to think about, like, where we're actually going. And what's interesting, too, about the whole chat GPT thing is... Uh, what? Uh, like, the whole chat GPT oh, thing. The I thought AI. you were, like, saying chat equip, but you were saying it, like... With this, uh, no. No. That's not okay. what I was saying. Chat, <laughs> chat TP. Uh, no, isn't it, is it, yeah, is it... I thought it was chat GPT. I don't know what it is whatever it is the crazy i'm staying away from that me and that thing are gonna start going into jfk real hard if we start talking Ooh, you might be able to actually get something out of it i'm pretty sure i probably know what it's gonna ask uh but uh oh, what was i gonna say oh oh yeah it's uh what what it's doing though what people are freaking out about is it's gonna fuck with white collar jobs like you know how like automation and uh factories and stuff is really fucked with blue collar jobs they're saying that this stuff is going to be able to do like you could go on that uh, thing and ask it to build you the code for a tower defense game and it'll just and just give it to you. Like for coding, for accounting, all this different stuff, it's going to open the door that this program can just do all that stuff and completely just make a bunch of white collar jobs vanish. I have talked to a lot of people about the whole AI and the whole technology and involved in industry and I've heard many different perspectives to the point where it's like, but you shouldn't have to work. Imagine if you can go play golf with your kids or do whatever, and then a robot does your job. We live in a world where nobody has to work. And I go, yeah, but people are going to want to work. They just – they want to. He goes, no, you're programmed. And I'm like, okay. It makes well, a lot of sense. People still want to work. They're going to want to work on stuff that they want to do. Well, there's going to be businesses out there that are not going to want to do the automation thing. I just there's going to be a lot probably that will, but there'll be some that go. Now I want employees, I want customers, mom and pop shops that prefer the original organism making the material and stuff like that. Pizza delivery might be, you know, big chains and CEOs and all those types of things. Is it going to be artist? It's going to be artisan that it's human made. If this I'm is... <laughs> made with human, what? <laughs> yeah. It's human hands touch this food. Yeah, one versus all just robots. Fuck! I don't want to touch in my pizza. Right. Well, they have to touch the dough, right? No. If you if it's a robot and I know a robot's making it, and they say it was touched by humans, I was like, when the box? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> or did someone just take their hand and slap my pizza when it was done with it? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, just so they say that it was touched by humans. Someone just God, dude, that would eliminate on it. That would eliminate such a niche group of people that are like delivery drivers and do. That. And then look, that yeah, brings up a whole other argument. Automated. Does that take away kids' jobs? I hate to call like if there's someone out there listening who's 50 years old in the delivery. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's ba it's a it's a starter job for a lot of people. You can turn it into a career are you a for sure. Proponent of child labor? No. <laughs> what? I was guessing. Are you a proponent for child labor? For God's sakes, if people really gave a shit about that, they'd give China a lot of shit. Nobody's know, talking about that. I know I'm teasing because you're saying kids' jobs. Well, I'm like, saying like when, these when kids don't turn... have jobs in the mines anymore. Think of Look, the children. When you turn 16. And you get a job at a pizza delivery place or whatever. And yes, you could turn it into a career because I really want to preface that I have friends that have a career in pizza delivery. 
and I'm sure they listen to me in their car sometimes. And I'm sorry if I say the F word really loud while your speakers are turned up. Um, <laughs> but look, when that's a that's a basic job. But if you have machines doing it, drone deliveries, Uber turns into drone. I did Uber for a little bit. It was great money. Some of the best experiences I had for the short time I did it during the pandemic. I was delivering Denny's Grand Slams. Um, to people, I'd have a whole back seat of like pancake platters and chocolate milk that was in trays on the floor. And then there was like 15 deliveries at one hotel. And I just run down the rooms and drop. I would make 200 bucks in 20 minutes. That's fucking fantastic. And then they started adding tax shit to it. And I was like, fuck that. Um, I'm out. Um, but the I delivery thing for a little bit there too. If you do Domino's and Domino's is all automation, which it'll probably be at one point, but machines making your pizza for you, then a drone delivers it. I mean, you're not gonna have a problem with it because nobody really, you only order Domino's in certain instances. Like when I'm, as long as I get a pizza at three o'clock in the morning, when I'm fucking hammered off my ass, then I'm okay with it and put oregano on the crust. Cause that's your only staple that they have at Domino's the oregano on the crust. But there's plenty do of other tip? jobs that would need people. Do I tip yeah. a drone? Yeah. They'll say, do we, do we have to tip the robots? If it asks, I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. I don't want you burning down my house. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, it would be really appreciated. Like, it said really ominously, like, you better tip. Like, it just says something like that. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, something where, like, they're not saying they're going to hurt you, but it makes it sound very ominous. If it goes like, do you have Bitcoin? I'm like, Jesus Christ, this thing is asking <laughs> about Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. That's interesting to think about how... uh I mean, like, like it's interesting too because, like, when the car came out, people said this is gonna fucking ruin jobs, you know, or like with automation in factories, and like, people find other ways to make money and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see where we're going as more automation goes into the white collar area. I don't know because I always had a thing about like OnlyFans, where I was like, I wouldn't, I, I can't believe it got to a point where people can sell their feet for so much money. And then there's a girl at my gym. That does that, and she's a teacher in her day job. And I just go, God damn it! If those kids knew, if those kids only knew what you were doing in your free time, just having an OnlyFans. And I have a lot of friends that do that. That just go on like show tonight, and I'm like, what kind of show? And they're like feet show, and I'm like, you mean <laughs> literal feet? Or are you saying like feet show? Like somebody's joining you? And they're like, no, it's a literal feet show. And I'm like, what the fuck are you do with your feet for an hour? Like, oh, it's in a little tray of water. It's only 10 minutes. What I do is I go to the beach and I just dip my toes in the sand. And we live in a beach town. So it's like walking out your front fucking door. And I'm like, and you get paid for that? And like, yeah. I'm like, how much did you make in a month? Like over $20,000. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about here? God damn it. What are we doing with ourselves here? There's Rob? a guy working in a fucking mine right now making way less than that. God, what the fuck is wrong with humans? God. <laughs> Like, how good are your feet? And I saw them like, my feet are better than that. And then I sent her a picture of my feet. And she's like, you could actually make a lot of money on there. I was like, <laughs> she's like a foot professional. Like, mm, I'll, be your, I'll be your agent. We I'm swayed. I'm swayed. I'll get those puppies on the cover of a magazine. God, that would be way popular than the podcast. It'd be popular than all that shit. I'm sitting here busting my ass trying to get guests. And next thing you know, bam, boom, Just toes in sand. <laughs> Play some Zach God. Brown in the background. Yeah, but not but not his song though. Just play something off like chicken fried where everyone's like, why didn't he use toes? In the <laughs> yeah, just just to piss everyone off. Like, what toes? Why didn't you use toes? I was like, you can make some great videos and then you can just pay for copyright licensing for songs and get some high hitters in there. Play right. some come a little bit closer or something by Jay and the Americans or the Beach Boys. <laughs> and it's just your foot slowly coming closer to the camera. Saying it's a, it's an option. It's an option.
you know, it makes you feel better that it's like, well, you know, if this this whole thing doesn't work out, I could just take pictures of my feet, I guess. Shit, dude. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, you got when you put that, I mean, nobody would tell it was you, though, if it was up there. Right, you wouldn't even have your face on your OnlyFans, it'd just be your feet. Yeah. Do it. No, I'm, good. Like, I'm I have, not that I have, low. You have, you have dignity in your feet. Your That's feet like diabetic for... low. I'm not that low. My feet to start for anyone, Corey. <laughs> feet freak me the hell out. To be 100 percent honest with you. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But like, I was actually, it's, it's interesting though, because I just learned in my psych class uh, that in your feet, there's nerve endings that go right directly to the same. Oh fuck, I should know this. Like hippocampus, maybe. But it goes to the same area that is connected to like the nerve endings that are in your like genitalia. So like when yeah, so people some people like that's why they have a foot fetish because it, it arouses them. Do you do you do you remember <laughs> do you remember in the campaign where he said how he learned to masturbate was with his feet? Who said that? Oh, Zach, yeah, yeah, Zach yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe the sensor thing with your foot, though, because I one time I went to a bonfire on the beach and I was barefoot. and We're all like hanging out at the beach in your board shorts and shit like that. And they put the coals out and I didn't see where they put the coals out. And I stepped and at the bottom of my left foot right in the middle where the arch is. I and this is like six, seven years ago now. I still feel a burn in the middle of the night. I'll get a random like feeling of something burning right exactly where that burn was. And it has not gone away. And it is still, and I, it's a random pain in the middle of the night, but my, and I look and there's no scarring or anything. So I'm like, but it was so like I stepped and I, I mean, it took a minute and then I noticed my foot got really cold and I was like, ow. And I just hold like a giant, like lump size coal right into my bottom of my foot. Like I'm surprised I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. I kind of just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want the party to end. So I can <laughs> just dealt with the it sand. the rest of the night. So, um, but it hurt for like a couple of weeks afterwards, but I still feel that slight like memory of that burn and it hurts so bad. It feels like it's just fresh and it just happens some night. Almost like a phantom limb type thing. That's interesting. Yeah. I hope I was like, I hope this isn't permanent. I got enough shit to fucking worry about. Than that. <laughs> I have dreams that I could rotate my wrist. Can you not rotate your wrist right now? No, I think we've talked about this, right? Because I got it all fucked up right here from falling yeah. on a longboard. Wait, so it just my... doesn't – yeah, that's it? it? Only... Yeah, that's it. Like this head, this – yeah, this one. So you can't – No, I'm left-handed, thank God. Yeah, but I oh, can't okay. collect – like I can't wipe my ass with this hand or collect change. <laughs> <laughs> Like when I first, yeah, like when I first got hurt, like this arm was still weak after the surgery and stuff. So I'd have all like my groceries in this bag and I'd give them the money, grab the bags off and then they'd go to give me the money. and I'd have to go <laughs> like this. And they're looking at me like I'm retarded. They're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I just loved your examples. It's like, I can't wipe my ass and I can't uh, collect change. That's great. Yeah, those are the two of the, the two biggest things. I'd open with that. That should be on your Tinder profile. Hey, my name's Corey. I got metal on my arm. I can't wipe my ass or collect change with my right hand. What's Dude, up? This, this, I've, I've seen some stuff on Tinder where it's like that's not too far off. A lot of people put weird stuff on there. The only issue now is that when you're swiping and it's like looking for women, there'll be like a dude on there. That, that, that uh, claim that, that identifies as a woman? Yeah. And it's like I don't care if you're against it, but look, I, I'm trying to get – 
I'm not but, attracted to you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But then you'd be then yeah. Then you're a homophobe for swiping right. Or which one? Which way do you swipe? swipe? Left is no. Left is no. Yeah, for swiping left. I just get a kick out of the app because I come across to me people I know, and I'll just be like, swipe, swipe. I was like, I know these people. It's awesome. And then they like, hey, we match. And I just message them like, yeah, because I fucking know you. And like, oh my god, you're that same kid from high school. It's like, thanks. Glad I made a fucking impact. So I'm, uh, I think I'm pretty glad that I met my wife, like, right before Tinder became a thing. Like, there was plenty of fish. I think that's all there was. And, uh, because I think I would have just gotten in a lot of trouble with Tinder if I was, like, a single man out on the prowl. I don't think anybody That makes it sound nefarious. That makes makes it sound nefarious, but (laughs) a single single man man out on on the the prowl. Yeah, he's drinking out of a fucking cow cup. (laughs) It's, I know, it's utterly crazy. Oh, God. It's so dumb. Well, that's it, everybody. Good night. <laughs> oh God, the I want to fuck you scale just went down, and then for some moms out there, it just went up a little bit. Right? They just see me in my parish shirt with my cow cup drinking tea. This would be my Tinder profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta have someone in the back with duct tape on their mouth, like in a closet, like tied up. <laughs> That would be actually really funny. That'd be fun to make a Tinder profile just to be the most obnoxious, like, person. To just, like, make it the goal where, like, no, like, people will swipe on you, but then, like, make it just seem like you're this absolutely batshit crazy person. Like, make well, it a whole bit. You only think they're crazy if they're not hot. That's true. Like, if you're not attracted to the person and you see someone, like, something simple, like a guy coming up and asking you out could be like, hey, you know, would you like to go out sometime? Oh God, no. And then walk away. And it would be like, that guy's a creep. But then if it's like, hey, would you like to go out sometime? And it's like, oh yes, I'd love to. Finally, you asked. And then it's like, like it's acceptable. Your looks didn't change. It wasn't your hair looked different. Maybe one day you spiked it up and tried to make it look nice. But it's just, it's you. It's just that if they like you or not. And same thing with, you know, guys too. I mean, girl comes up and usually most of the time if a girl asks you out, I don't know a guy that says no. That's true. If she's yeah, paying girls- too. Fuck. And she's paying. She's asking me out. I'm not putting out, like, but you know, whatever. <laughs> not on the first date. That's how I start off a first date. You know, if someone, I'll take you out. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And I'll pay for my own stuff or whatever. I don't care. Um, but the, I'm just like, I'm not putting out. Sorry, it's not happening. No, nope, not gonna do it. You gotta earn <laughs> this ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not some cheap whore you're used to dating. <laughs> well, getting catcalled by a girl is not like I don't know. I don't find that weird to me. I like that. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's like, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, you get a little giggly. It's like, oh, you, you know, like, uh, I'll sometimes like there's a, like, at, like at work and stuff, or if I'm out and like it happens, you know, sometimes they can make a joke like, I need an adult. Like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I had this person at my work. I was my old boss. Um, trying, I told him, I was like, can you crack my back? I'm like, sure. Um, so, you know, you do the cross arm things and they, they lift you back and do that. And as they did it, like they go like that to try and shake me to get the back to crack because it wasn't cracking because he's a little bit shorter than me. So it was like that. And I just I just start going, help. And I'm so screaming. <laughs> and everyone looks over and then he just lets go. Of me like, what the fuck? I was like, I'm sorry. It was just too funny. At that moment, it looks like you were like, just I don't know what you were doing. Bear hugging me or trying to kill me. Kidnap, Kidnap you. Yeah. <laughs> They're stealing Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So what else is new, man? 
just, you know, same old, same old shooting the shit and, you know, trying not to fucking, you know, die, I guess that's a good yeah. goal. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a good about goal it. To have. I don't know. Trying my hardest to just fucking go on autopilot. I mean, time is flying quickly. I'm not going to lie to you. We're already in March, and it's like it just feels like we just hit the new year not too long ago. Dude, I had a birthday. You didn't even say happy birthday. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Happy birthday. God. When was that? Last day of the year. (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Everyone's getting drunk that day, so it's fine. I don't care. Hey, yeah, so everyone's celebrating your your uh revolution around the sun is they celebrate the world's revolution around the sun i keep facebook for only one purpose to wish people happy birthday and it's surprising to me like honestly facebook at this point is just to everyone's waiting for you to like check his facebook oh he died oh my god i gotta say how much i love this guy and how much i knew him and make a funny collage and they just move on that's why i don't use my social media that much i'm probably the one kid that doesn't use his social media that much i might use my instagram more than i use anything i just don't have any need for it there's not any purpose on there if someone wants to contact me they can contact me and i'll respond back but scrolling mindlessly i got stuck down a dragon ball z rabbit hole where i was just scrolling looking through dragon ball z little gifts and ticks and memes wherever the hell it is and (laughs) god damn it consumed me yeah yeah that's uh i'm yeah my personal page like i'm on there with like the podcast page, you know, posting memes and stuff, trying to keep the algorithms going and keep the podcast on people's faces. But like on my personal Facebook page, I haven't added a photo or an update or anything in fuck months. I made a you picture post, after a, You used to post pictures of your daughter up there. Son. Son. I keep getting it confused. I swear to God, one time I said son, you're like, I have a daughter. And I was like, fuck. And then I switched it not, over. <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. <laughs> But no, I, yeah, I have a son. He has long hair, so. I know. I think I mentioned now, remembering now, where I said you need to give him a haircut. He's actually, he might be getting one today. How long know. is his hair? It's probably like past his shoulders. Jeez. He just got long hair. Well, I didn't want to just buzz in, just give him a bullshit haircut just to be like, you're a boy, short hair. I wanted him to actually have a nice haircut. But you he are doesn't liberal. have. You are liberal. I don't even think about that. I'm like, we got to cut the hair, man. So that's a weapon. Someone could take that and yank it, and you are dead. I kidnap you pick you up by your hair like a balloon and walk off with you i know okay well so i didn't think about that that's one more thing to keep me up at night. i know when I, <laughs> when, I, when I talk about like j edgar hoover and the fact that he like i look i have photos of him in a dress and it was like long it was, a, it was labeled a conspiracy theory because he said that he was gay with his lover clyde tolson now, i had an lgbtq historian on my show who does not do conspiracies was there to talk about harvey milk was a senator that was gay that was killed um and I asked her, do you know about Hoover being gay? And she goes, Hoover was gay with Clyde Tolson. So that's an LGBTQ historian that has nothing to do with JFK. Now, talk to plenty of people about Hoover. I found the, the interview with Jack Anderson where he talked about Hoover, and it gets so specific in detail where I go, you can accept this testimony as being fact because it's so specific that you have to be the most creative genius out there to even think of that on the spot. He talked about Hoover was 76, Clyde Tolson was 74, and there's photos of them together. And really, like, really close by. Um, and Hoover, if you know anything about him, he looked for gay people. He looked for communists. He looked for all this. And he would deport them. He would do horrible shit to them. So it was really, yeah. like, and I would, like say, I would say, I would say, I was like, I would say, and Hoover was a trash. He was, like, a, Hoover did a bunch of horrible things. He used to hunt down gay people. And he was gay. And they go, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with him being gay. Right? I'm like, no, there's nothing being wrong. He's a fucking hypocrite. That's the right. purpose. Yeah. The, the main point there is that I don't think about what some people try and overanalyze into. Where they, they hear you say something, what do you mean by that? Do you mean this? How dare you? And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant at all. What I meant is real simple. The kid could be kidnapped if he has long hair. 
shave it. It's like, you don't want him to conform to gender norms, do you? I'm like, <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> that's not what I'm fucking worried about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, so, no, your kid can get picked up like a handbag. I was like, did anybody with... watch the black phone? It was horrible. <laughs> is that what happened to some little kid? That's the whole purpose of the movie is like based in like the 70s where all these kids were getting kidnapped and going missing. And then one kid gets kidnapped and all the dead kids have to help the kid get out of this basement that he's locked in. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's fucking if you're a parent, it'll make you cry. I don't have kids and I was scared. I got yelled at and kind of uh, just recently I took so I took so there's a thing called the Autorama that's downtown and uh, it's just a bunch of classic cars and stuff like that. And I took the boy to that. And uh, in Detroit, there's a thing called the monorail where it's like this little train that just no, I guess not little, but it's I've this, been on a monorail. Yeah. And uh, there's one that goes around Detroit and uh, we parked far away intentionally so we could ride that because he wanted to ride on the train. And uh, the kid, you know, he's he's three, but he's just he's smart as shit. And uh, he listens really well. He's not easy. He's, he's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. He's not like other three year olds. And I'm sure every parent says that. But uh, he I explained to him, you know, like, stay away from the platform. You know, you can get hit by a train and you'll, you'll fucking die. You know, like, there's no there's no, no there's no romanticizing anything about it. You see the yellow part, stay off the yellow part. And he's like, OK, dad. So he does that. We go on like three different platforms. And then when we go to leave, uh, it's more crowded on the platform, and there's this security guard there. And we, me and my son walk out, and this guy immediately starts freaking out and yelling at me, like, you need to hold your son's hand. And, like, and like he was saying, these kids are unpredictable. It's common sense. Don't you know this? And, like, he was, like, yelling at me, like, trying to imply I was a bad parent. Imagine if the kid, your son grabs your hand. Or, no, you grab your son's, trying to grab your son's hand because that guy yells at you, and your son just goes, I'm not gay. Stop touching me. And just... <laughs> he was... He doesn't like really. He doesn't really like holding hands. He keeps. He he did keep pulling his hand away. So it was funny. Like he was being a little asshole, and I thought it was hilarious because I just because he, I thought it was making me look bad. So I'm holding him in front of me like this as I'm talking to this guy, and there's this blue line he's talking about, and my son deadass looks up at him and just puts one foot over the blue line just to be a little dick. And look, I was like, <laughs> just because I say like I I don't overanalyze everything, I want to preface it with also I I really don't pay attention to a lot of shit as well either. Unless I'm like really I have ADHD, so unless I'm like hyper focused in on whatever the hell is, I didn't find out my grandma was a lesb lesbian until I was 21. So <laughs> I never even thought I thought they were roommates. But then I we were on the way to the wedding, and I was like, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> but that's like you didn't know. I was like, no, nobody told me. Nobody. And my dad's like, I didn't think it was a big deal i'm like it's not yeah, it's, it's just, just like blood. imagine finding out santa claus isn't real at 21 you're like fuck i had so many questions for her <laughs> right that's yeah that's interesting that's that's a that's a big reveal for you huh yeah i mean i never they, they never kept photos around the house of each other or anything like that and then i figured when i stayed over there it was just like oh i'm only up here two weeks they live a couple hours away and i'm staying with them so they probably bunked up together because they only had two bedrooms and i thought that was nice of them and then now that I look back on it, there's many things that kind of were red flags or things that should have been brought up to my attention to ask the question, um, such as one of them wore a dress and the other one wore a belt and a tucked in shirt and had a short hair. Um, but I don't know. That's the stuff. I don't think about that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that's my Jesus. grandma. <laughs> yeah. So give, give a fuck if you're gay or not. I don't care. That's funny. Doesn't yeah, bother no, it's, me it's, at all. Yeah, yeah it's, it was such a. I'm getting a funnel cake either way. Right. It was such a a non-issue for you that it didn't even allude to any sort of other, anything else that would have been something different if that makes sense that was kind well, of a word jumble i think you should just brace people for when they get older they're going to come in contact with people that their ideas are going to sound very foreign to them 
I haven't agreed with every single person that's on my show, but I've tried my best to understand the perspective. But as he even points out there, I met someone that was really anti-gay. And I was just like, well, that's so weird to me because I just – why? Why? Why though? Like I'm not going to change you because that's impossible to try and change people. I just want to know why. Was and it a religious start... standpoint or? Yeah, a religious standpoint. That's interesting too. You know, like uh, I was just talking to my mom about this recently because my parents are really religious. And uh, when you look at the actual like the Aramaic text versus the way it was translated, you know, a million times to English and stuff like that. Like the word homosexual wasn't even in the language. It was about pedophilia. And then it slowly got changed to homosexuality as they kept getting translated. And it's like, so it's like, it's based on nothing except one time a guy that was translating goes, I don't like gay people. Do you know what that don't like the ban pedo thing is that's going on? Everyone, I keep seeing that trend all the time is like pedos. I don't know. There's always people that are freaking out about pedos. I think people think that's going to be like normalized to be, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I hate to get into that discussion, but it's just like, you know, it's so, I mean, has anybody are any of those people have been sexually assaulted or molested to understand what that is like? I don't know. I hate to get into that discussion, but yeah. Or are they just saying it because it's a part of the culture war? I worked at a hotel when I was 17 years old and an older woman cleaning lady got drunk and came into work, which was a normal thing for her to do. And she kissed me right on the lips and I pushed her away, but I, hit like the upper part of the chest up here like near the neck and collarbone and i just stuck my arm out like no and then she immediately flipped it and said did you just sexually assault me and if i didn't have witnesses i would have been fucked you understand that like as a guy no way that's and that's what like i i, I hate i hate so much about like people that are like 100 like eh, ban this men suck and all, and all this toxic masculinity shit i'm like hang on a second like you understand that the people that commit more suicide are men. That's it's a, it's a it's a statistical fact that men commit more suicide. Women attempt it more, but men, if any terms of the words, are successful at it because they use guns and things of that sort. Women tend to use pills and things of that sort. And I'm not going oh gender this gender. No, it's just it's a serious issue. Like we don't ever talk about it. There's been a large push in society for men to never talk about their feelings and bottle that shit up. And there's also I had a guy about talking about toxic masculinity on my show and he goes when you get out of the car and someone else gets out of the car you guys walk up to each other instead of saying hey fuck you fuck you you don't want to back down in your car first and i go oh fuck yeah i do i understand that i don't want to back in my car first because it makes you look like a chicken he goes yeah but that's a man that's a, it's a men norm it's not it's a, it's a societal thing you don't need to do that and i was like i get that but there's also a large pressure throughout society for men to act a certain way as well too which is good. It's the tides are turning, but I mean, it, it's an unpopular opinion because whenever I start having people talk about male mental health on, I always get lit up in the comments by like, oh, look at this guy talking about, oh, boo hoo. And it's just like, what? Well, the it's fuck? a real thing, you know, like for years and years and years in, in America, like women, they got their, their script rewritten. And it's great. I'm not saying it's bad. Like they're more independent. They're able to get their own jobs up for themselves. They're able to like not have to rely on the man and things like that. But there hasn't been a script rewritten for men. You know, like, like, like you were saying, like mental health is higher than ever for men and or like, like suicide rates and mental health and depression and all that stuff. Like, there's a lot of guys out there like, look, there wouldn't be a bunch of guys self-subscribing as incels if there wasn't like some sort of underlying cause that's causing all these people to even think it's okay to, to self-describe as an incel.
Well, it's also association too. It's just really difficult. Like, especially now I've started to notice like a, going out on dates and stuff. It was just more, and I've been out on dates before, but this is like just different. Like I did towards like what I felt about taking a break from the show and everything and just wrapping it up or something. I just was starting to do more dates. Um, and it was all about like, what do you want to do? It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, what is there to do? It's like, yeah, shit. I just sit at home and watch TV or have people come over and hang out at the house. Or I don't really go out drinking and there's not, it's not a lot of fun doing that anyway. And it's like, what do you want to go to movies? It's like, oh God, on the first date, go to the fucking movies. That sounds fucking yeah. awful. I don't so even get to learn and, about you. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not talk for three hours. Yeah. So, but that's great, what everyone does now. You're all in your echo chambers. And it's like you find someone, then you get them comfortable with that echo chamber. And next thing you know, you're just getting doing the same thing over and over again, hanging out. I mean, that's what everyone does now is just hang out at home. There's no need to. Everything's so fucking expensive. You can't do anything without going in a hole, anything. So it's just like, do you want to have fun or do you want to have a expensive time? You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, doesn't yeah. even need to be about a getting laid situation. It just needs to be about a fact of like it's fucking go spend twenty dollars or thirty dollars at the movies, then go out to dinner and spend like a sixty, seventy something dollars, and then go home, and then that's it. Or we could just go home, spend twenty dollars on moonshine, and get fucked up, eat some pizza, and have some real deep conversations. <laughs> get some Domino's delivered. Alcohol by brings it out of people. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, it's that social lubrication. I watched the Isles of Inshishin which is a dry-ass Irish movie with Colin Farrell, and I recommend the hell out of it because I was hammered watching it, and let me tell you something. I got – I had to watch it. I've seen it six or seven times now. It's a three. It's almost a three-hour movie. But when you are, like, drunk and you're kind of – you watch it over and over again, there's so many moments that's funny. It takes place in Ireland, 65 people on this island. You don't really get the comedy because it's all in, like, Irish speak. But, the you know, in a movie when they have a dog as a best friend? Since yeah. it's Ireland, they have a donkey as the guy's best friend. So like he's sitting there by the fire and there's a donkey with a bow on and he's like, well, not the donkey in the house because I'm not letting him sit outside. And it's it's like it's just it's some simple shit like that where it's this just like really funny. Oh, fuck. What's that movie called? Isles of Intrusion, I think it's called. I'm probably mispronouncing it. You've seen probably clips or memes of it. People have been gifting it and TikToking certain parts and situations of it. The basic story is the guy says, I don't want to be your fucking friend anymore. And, and he comes to the bar. He's like, did I say something to piss you off? And he goes, no, I just don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be your friend. And he goes, but did I say something when I was drunk last night? Because if I said something when I was drunk last night, I didn't remember because I was drunk. And it was just dialogue like this. It's very dry, but kind of funny if you look at it right. Alcohol helps. Right. Um, but then he comes back the next day and tries to talk to him again. Guys, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And every time you talk to me, I'm going to chop off one of my fingers. And he goes, and you got to understand, he's a fiddle player. So that's his his whole life he and doesn't want to talk to this guy so much anymore so he goes all right i'm gonna to talk to you tomorrow when you calm <sighs> down you know and then he tries to talk to him again next thing you know the dude chops off his finger and throws the finger right at his door and then next Jesus by the end of the movie God. he's got like no fingers left on his hand <laughs> so it's like he's like why did you do that to your fiddle fiddle playing hand and he goes because i'm spending all my time having useless conversations with you a useless nobody when i could be making a music one mass i don't have much time left and you realize oh shit it's deeper meaning the guy doesn't have much time left and he realizes that he has to try and make this piece of work and this guy he has to do the hardest thing which is disconnect from his friend and the movie has so much in it in three hours me telling you that is nothing because the whole movie is just like the, it's like ballad of buster scruggs but if, if it's an irish guy that wrote it interesting fantastic I might, I might actually have to watch that yeah like I said, yeah. get drunk because you're not <laughs> going to like it sober. Uh, first time you ever watched the movie Taxi? 
I think so. With was uh, it Queen Latifah? No, or or is it Taxi Driver? It's one of the two. It's the one with uh, Robert uh, Robert De Niro. I think that's Taxi Driver. Yeah, first time I ever watched that was on acid, and that was hmm. fucking weird. <laughs> Most movies are when you're on acid. Yeah, but that one's like really weird. It's weird, like, and I haven't even watched it sober. I like I like to leave it in place and just that weird scenario where everything was fucking really wild. I mean, do you ever overanalyze films? I've tried to do that recently because I've been talking to a lot of film historians and they've been kind of like pointing out things like obviously gender norms and racism and all these types of things in films. But also there's a lot of like deeper meaning in films that you can really pull out of if you're trying to look for it. But most of the time I'm watching a film and I don't even get half of that shit. I mean, I, I don't know. I watched Cocaine Bear. And Did you? We all, me and my wife, so yesterday was my wife's birthday. We almost went and saw that, but we decided to go out to a bar instead. Well, just so I'm not a fucking hypocrite here, tell your wife I said happy birthday. God. Well, thanks. <laughs> Will do. Um, <laughs> it's not half bad. I don't really remember a whole lot of it because it happened to pregame before I went to the theater, which makes the movies even better. But I know it was the one time I've ever said, oh, I've said it a couple of times, but it's rarely happened, where I, I never talk in a theater. But I said some words in a certain scene, and I remember it, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Was it like, oh, my fuck, or something like that? No, I just went, oh, fuck. And then, like, just that, like, out loud, and, like, I like kind of jumped in my seat. And I know I wasn't scared. It was just pure, holy shit. Like, that was just the craziest thing. Plus, Is it I a heard, good movie? It's, I mean, it's a C film for sure. Okay. But yeah, it's yeah, just that's why we wanted to see it. Because I it wanted like to see film. it because Ray Liotta's in it, and I got to hear Ray Liotta say "Get the sand out of your pussies," which was the best damn line I've ever heard in anything. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I was like, "We can leave now." <laughs> this is it. That guy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm satisfied. He's not around anymore, so you only got, I think, a couple films left with him. Yeah, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, death sucks. Yeah, death sucks for us, not for him. Yeah, it's sure. weird. Death is kind of selfish, like. uh because like when somebody dies, they're obviously they're not feeling any pain. That's not nothing for them. Their journey's ended. It's for everyone around them. I'm not like I can't believe it. you died. You're making me upset. I'm not mad at death. I'm just mad at the death industry. Did we have to sell Costco? Did Costco have to sell coffins there? Did they have to? But they did it. Did they really? Yeah. I didn't know they sold coffins. Yeah. You ever see Employee of the Month with um Dane Cook? Oh man, it's been years. She was That's getting a Jessica coffin Simpson, and putting right? it on her car. Yeah, damn right. Her name was Amy in the movie. Amy. I've seen that movie way too many times. For Jessica Simpson or Dane Cook? I'd be lying if I said it wasn't more Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I joined his Twitter space uh, a while back. And he was talking to the public, and he let me have the chance to speak. And I was like, "Aren't you, aren't you, Box Boy Zach from Employee of the Month?" And I just left. <laughs> I just, just said that real quick, and then left. I didn't give a shit. I didn't care what his response was. I knew it was him, and he knew it too. <laughs> I should have said, "Good luck, Chuck." Shit. Well, next time. Always oh, next time, Corey. Oh, just hop in next time. Yeah, aren't you from Good Luck, Chuck? <laughs> That's the thing for me too. Is like I always get like uh my boss listens to like my podcast and he likes all the JFK stuff. He got me a Jack Ruby, like the moment he was getting interviewed, he got me a giant poster of it. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. I say boss, but he's a trainer at the gym, so he's a good friend of mine. And that's who I wanted to go see Cocaine Bear with and stuff. He's the one that showed me Isles of Interest in movies. So shout out to Dan, because um watching that, he was like, 
explaining it and it was really really funny because he was like get it because he's chopping off his fingers and he's a fiddle player and that just made it even fucking funnier (laughs) (laughs) you just basically hammered that's like i mean i would recommend that movie 100 percent. there's not a whole lot of movies out there but i mean netflix i i watch a lot bullet train i've seen on netflix hundreds of times it's a great fucking movie um but netflix there i had a person on the show that did a documentary about it their algorithm does not when it says recommended for you, it's not suggesting you new stuff. It just suggests things that are basically things you've already seen. Though it's the algorithm doesn't work like it's like it says it does. The guy even she interviewed people and did a whole study on the algorithm and everything. It's really about getting you to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and watch. And then they upload dog shit up there. So it looks new. Like movie not dog shit, but like older movies. That's how they have such a big catalog. It's really old stuff. It doesn't have any value compared to the new stuff. And that's where Disney's beating them and Hulu and things to sort to try and get new options up there. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, like uh I'm such a consumer whore when it comes to that that we have the Hulu, the Netflix, the Prime and we always have to go through and a lot of it is it's just old shit. Shit they've already seen. They're building a drive-through theater, remodeling it and bringing it back from like the 80s in my town. That's fucking cool. I could see that being on the rise. Like cars I, now for have what? pretty decent I, want, I always know. I always said I'd love to go to one, but then now that I start thinking about it, I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about here? You sit in your car with your boys, drink beers. Like, if your car has a good sound God. system. Now I can imagine it. Someone's on a fucking date trying to get laid, and this is, like, their dream girl from high school who was, like, the cheerleader, and then right beside them is a Ford F-150 with, like, six <laughs> drunk frat guys in it. Just the th- talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> That's a whole bit right there. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I just picture the movies like something like the movie Pets, where it's like what your animals do when you're not around. <laughs> Did you see that cat? It can talk. And you're just like, oh, God, the moment's you're, gone. Yeah, you're in the back seat trying to make your move. And you hear someone honking the horn or <laughs> turning on their, turn off your fucking headlights, you I've jackass. Ne- I've never been on a cruise, but I, I'd never want to. But I think it'd be interesting because I was like looking up cruise. I, I dived down a rabbit hole, and this is like a problem with ADHD is that I went to go look up cruises and deaths to see about deaths on cruises. People die on cruises a lot the of fucking I, time. They have a morgue on the ship for a reason. Yep. Um, yep. But when, when you start looking into it, they start. I got into this point where it's like how to know if you're a swinger on a cruise. And then this is where I found the Florida Villages, which I'm going to make my next documentary about is the Florida Villages because it's a giant swinger community in Florida. Dude, they're everywhere. I know. So my parents, they uh, in the summertime, they they work at a at a, a private campground. They live there in their RV, and uh, they like they do groundskeeping and they work in the front office and stuff like that. And they were telling me like, people here everywhere. There's swingers in all of these different campgrounds. Is they put like, their fucking pineapple on the porch and everything, man. Oh my god, that is the sign for the swinger community. Is the I try to get this lady who's selling homes in the Florida villages. Cause she had a, I come across one of her YouTube videos and it's just her selling properties and talking to the people about it. Apparently it's the pickleball capital of the world um, is the Florida villages. And she was like, now there is a prison that is a about 20 miles away, but none of the prisoners have escaped and came over and asked for a cup of sugar or invited anybody to play pickleball. And I just started dying laughing <laughs> and I just go, I got to invite this lady on to talk about this community. 
because I would like to make a documentary about it. I thought it'd be funny as shit to have like a scene where it's like all of us about to start golfing, but we're all in our underwear and everyone popped a Viagra and then it's playing like the Beach Boys while we're fucking hitting teeth. <laughs> and it's just like making fun of it because I watched the Inside Edition version of it. And there's things in Inside Edition that makes everything like a show that I really don't like. And they had a scene before it got to the interviews with the people. One dude was an old man driving his golf cart. And you hear him go, oh, and he's screaming and he goes right into one of those golf sprinklers and he's just getting sprayed. I'm like, they made this guy do this. There's no way they caught it at that moment. There's just, they filmed this perfect angle and everything. And I know because I made films. So I understand when people edit things and they do things like that. And I'm a content producer. So I understand these things. So I'm like, what's the worst? I start off my film documentary playing ASAP Ferg, which is, um, I got all the flavors, bitches say I'm delicious. You know that whole entire yeah, song? Yeah. It's been, and it's me dressed up as an old milkman walking down the cul-de-sac of the villages and all the neighbors looking out their windows come out the porch. And that's how the documentary starts. I think that would be hilarious. And it's like, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying, let's have fun. Like yeah, I walked by a, with it. I walked by a, one of the stores they have in the Florida villages and it's a TV shop and they got all the TVs posted in the glass thing. And it's me. And it's like Trump giving a speech and it's me in my underwear, just staring at it, like itching my ass and it's getting like a back shot of it. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. Like be I'm funny. exploring the town and then doing interviews and I'm like, tell me about what it was like to be in the war. And then it says like four hours later and it's me like, Jesus, <laughs> we got 90 just, more of these. Poor, not his soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be funny. Have it be like a, like kind of like a fun documentary, yeah. So I mean, I mean there's not I a lot of that, that out there. Everything now has to be like really Hollywood, or it has to be really, you know, serious. And I'm like, let's have fun with it. You want people to watch it that aren't interested in it already? Then this is what you do. And that's what I was doing with the JFK thing. I'm curious to see that one. When's that going to be finished? I don't know. I don't have a deadline on it yet. I have all. I'm still recording technically because there's always new people I'm trying to add to it. So. I want to make sure I cover all my bases and then try. I think it's going to be one, two and a half hour film and then five episodes. That'll be longer extended versions. Cause right now I have over 200 hours of content to chop up and try and find what I want to work. And I think the basis is just getting people to the level of conspiracy. If I say something, I show you document manipulation. I show you what was going on in the time period. I show you how it's not crazy. I show you things that Oswald got a job at the book depository on October 18th. Kennedy's route wasn't published until November 17th. So he got a job at the building a month before the route was even published to go buy the building. So does he have mind powers to be able to predict the future? So then you're saying he had five days to prepare for Kennedy coming. Why didn't he just shoot him at the two other speeches he made in Dallas? Why would he choose a car that's moving 75 yards away and farther when he could have just shot him standing still at a podium? And you do it from your work too. Like, and then everyone's like, well, he did it for the fame. And I was like, he didn't leave a fucking note. He didn't do anything. Right. And he, he denied it until the day he died saying he was a patsy. So, I mean, and that's the thing is that when he was being charged, he wasn't being charged for killing the president. He was being charged for killing a cop. So he kills, allegedly kills Kennedy, then leaves the building. He was asked to leave. He said, can I leave? And they said, sure. And because nobody knew it was him. And then he kills a cop. He kills a cop, then goes to a theater. And gets arrested in the theater. I don't know about you, but after all that, I would just go home and take a healthy dump, you know, something to get the anxiety out. But then you go to a theater Do with half, stress eating. half a ticket stub um, in his pocket, which is, I mean, it's a spy tactic is you with the half ticket stub. You sit beside someone, you hold up the ticket stub and they're supposed to match it if that's your contact. 
Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like back then. It's, I mean, so he might have met with someone at the movie theater. Well, he was apparently probably going to meet someone there, but that's the issue is that they arrested two people in that theater. One that looked like Oswald, um, which wasn't Oswald, and then another guy that was uh, Oswald, obviously. But then, I mean, you listen to the police reports, and there's just, I'm not saying, like, I'm not giving him full innocence yet. And I kind of, I'm not even going to really touch that if he's innocent or not, because there's plenty of people in the film that would pull out that have a different idea of how it happened. I'm just uniting everybody on the conspiracy front. I mean, I have clips of the police chief when he's giving a statement and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, shotgun on him. He didn't have a shotgun on him. His gun just, so this is what happened. He's in a theater, cop goes arrest him. Allegedly, he pulls out his gun. The gun doesn't fire. I go, it just worked 30 minutes ago to kill a cop. What do you mean the gun doesn't work? Why did it, what happened to it? And then there's a really like, I mean, if you're really trying to make gravity, like dodge gravity, I would say do mental gymnastics. You go into like the firing pin happened to when he sat down and hit. it was just so much where it was like, you're really over explaining to the point where like, that's the thing about Oswald. There was too much evidence. They found a wallet on the scene and Oswald has three wallets in the national archives. So unless you carry normally three wallets on you, um, they planted evidence. There was a lot of things about Dallas police corruption. Even if you look up the Wikipedia, and I don't trust it as a source, but it's what the public would use to get into the discussion. On it, it says Oswald, three weeks before the assassination, went to an FBI Dallas police headquarters about James Hostie, who was an FBI agent stalking his wife. And he asked to see Hostie. They said he wasn't there. He threatened, and then it says, threatened to blow the place up, the, the headquarters up. Then it says period, and I swear to God, this is all in the same paragraph. It says period, and it goes, well, accounts vary if he threatened to blow up the police station or report it to higher authorities. And I'm like, dude, that's like saying I want a Coke, and they give you fucking tequila. Like that's a big vary, man, and that's in the – that's like in the – And then what's all in the, the middle? Yeah, that's, that, yeah and if that's such a wide degree of – And even the guy who what? had the note, he destroyed it. Um, he flushed it down the toilet. So, but he said that the note said no. It, the, the James Hostie said the note said that he was going to report it to higher authorities. So, I mean, you can trust him, but also he destroyed a note. Why would you do that? And you realize that they destroyed it three weeks after, or no, not three weeks after. I think it was two weeks after he got killed by Jack Ruby for killing whatever. So then they realized, oh shit, this was the guy that was here a couple weeks before. You better destroy that note. Because we could have stopped him earlier. That's the thing is that the Secret Service, I mean, the common example is they get multiple death threats a day um, when it comes to Kennedy's life. And I go, yeah, but I talked to the guy who was in charge of the Assassination Records Review Board, Judge Thunheim, and he also said, yeah, but when we requested for the files they had on the death threats, after we requested them two weeks later, the Secret Service destroyed it. So, hmm. you know, no, nobody and adds in that little thing. That's a little bit suspicious. That's interesting. Yeah, and the Freedom of Information Act wasn't around in the 60s, was it? No, it took independent researchers going to the archives. But you got to understand, as much as I can say all this and it sounds like it's all clean cut, it's been 60 years of slow trickle of – I mean the Zapruder film was bought by Life magazine and then stored for like 10 years. It was a black market copy that was put up on Geraldo Rivera's show. But there's also three Zapruder films. Now the Zapruder film, if you know what that is, it's the most common example – of the Kennedy assassination. Everyone knows what it is. Did you know that there's 13 other films out there? That just aren't released? No, they're out there. Oh, there's they're out there. The yeah, Knicks okay. film, there's the there's there's the president's coming to town. 
everyone, if you have a camera, is going to be filming it. But we only remember one. And the other ones show different things. One is like from the where Zapruder's filming. There's a little grass patch over there. There's a Gail Nix's grandpa was filming right there. So you get to see it looks like she goes way farther back on the limousine. But everyone shows the head being going back, which I mean, if you listen to Dan Rather, when he, you know, the media really kind of did mental gymnastics on that. The guy asked me, goes, yeah, but the head looks like it goes back. Dan Rather goes, well, to the untrained eye, it looks like it goes back. But we don't know if Jackie Kennedy could have just pushed him back a little bit because she was in shock. And I go, you did not just fucking say that. I know you didn't just say that. I still love the conspiracy, and I'm sure it's debunked, but that the Secret Service member accidentally shot him. It's No, it's not. The one thing that is a big problem is that the Secret Service was out drinking the night before. But the real issue is, is that when the one guy jumps on the back of the car, you see it in the video, he was given orders to get off Kennedy's car. And the guy throws his hands up like, what the fuck are we talking about? I'm doing my job to protect the guy. Um, and everyone questions that a little bit. And I had the guy who interviewed all the Secret Service people, and he'd done extensive work on that. I don't think it's the Secret Service, I could tell you that, because how can the Secret Service mess with uh, body manipulation um, when it comes to the autopsy, when it comes into documents being destroyed documents being changed evidence being taken out of custody 200 things of evidence for oswald being taken out and then the next day was returned 24 hours later with more evidence how do you take the evidence out and then come back with more of it you should have been limiting it more down you should be cutting it down to what you could use and they don't have his fingerprints on the rifle they found it on the inside of the barrel well guess what oswald was in police custody his dead body was or is that the morgue there's a video of the guys going into the morgue so did they just take the rifle? Because the rifle was gone. It popped out of evidence and then back into evidence. I don't know what happened. With his that. dead body and just had him touch it. Well, there's like really giant conspiracy stuff that goes out there. And it's like trying to find out the, the truth of the matter and things that you can't really trust witness testimonies. But also, much like I mentioned to you about Hale Boggs, you can't trust the evidence either. Because who's in charge of the evidence? The government. And if you think the government did it, I mean, there's so much about all those figures. Alan Dulles got fired by Kennedy, then was hired to investigate Kennedy's death, leader of the Warren Commission. That's pretty fucking ironic. And also, he was in charge of MKUltra. So, I mean, all these guys, you, you kind of look at their profiles, and I'm like, you're not giving me any leniency, Hoover and Alan Dulles, to want to trust you at all. But, I mean... I don't know. Like I said, if you really just look at the facts of what they wrote down in their 26 volumes compared to what they told the public, which was the Warren report, it doesn't match. None of it matches. You really, the, really yeah. love this JFK stuff. Remember in the well, beginning you said we're not going to talk about I know, JFK. I, just, I know. I just did it again. Like I said, it rants <laughs> once I start going into it. Well, I'm just oh, – it, it's, it's wild. It is. It's, it's completely insane, and I've, I've never even really yeah. looked into it too much, but it's insane how like – that's just the biggest conspiracy theory in this country because there's every time you think you have an answer to a question, it just leads to more questions. Well, everyone always says if the government wanted the President Kennedy to be killed, they could have just killed him in his sleep. And I was like, that's not – then they would know that it was them. How the right. fuck did he get in the White House? How did, how did Kennedy die in the White House? It's your job to protect him. You can't shoot him in the White House. You can give him what they tried to do to Castro which was a poison. They had a heart attack gun the CIA showed. Could it? I know. Could have did something like that, but also at the same time, it had to be some type of 
lone nut. It had to be someone that just didn't like Kennedy. It couldn't have anywhere near where he was in private security because they would have been like, what the hell's going on with our Secret Service? What the hell's going on with our government? To yeah, not be it able had to, to be that. on a public stage. That makes sense. So, I mean, and then people take that a little bit too far and they say it was a ritual. And I was like, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's just, it's very, very basic. You know, you had one guy that was throwing a wrench into the system, trying to pull out of Vietnam. Yet it was left to see what he was going to do with that. Uh, he had different policies on civil rights. Everybody had been going in a certain direction, which I said Nixon would have been great at that time, but he wasn't later because the world experience changed. Even Johnson during his administration experienced change. So it's not super, super conspiratorial, but it can be if you look at the – like some people say Jack Ruby didn't shoot Oswald, which is a – what the fuck are we talking about here? It's a video of it. Um, but everyone says it's all staged, and I go – one thing when I say witness testimonies, you can't really rely on them unless they have military experience. But one you can do is when it's extremely detailed. One of those is Jack Ruby visiting Santos Tropicante in uh, Cuba. Now, I've heard that, and the only account that comes from is a guy named Wilson, John Wilson or something like that. And he was a reporter who was in Castro's prison with Tropicante and said a figure named Ruby came and visited Tropicante. And then after Ruby shoots Oswald and his face gets published, he goes to the FBI headquarters and says, that's the guy who tried to shoot Oswald. Now, it could be like the Zodiac Killer where everyone was coming out saying that they're the Zodiac Killer. But when he says the exact date in 59 in Havana, Ruby was there. And then the House Select Committee on Assassinations – not House Select Committee. Um, the church – no, it is the House Select Committee. They found out that Ruby was there in 59 in Havana but said he was seeing the sights. You just sightseeing, man. That's a random fucking million dollar guess if that guy guessed that and said that he was there before it came out later. It came out in like 70 something that he was there. So, I mean, not 70 something. Came out in 70 something that he was in Havana in, six, in 59. So that means that guy in 63 said it and then they found out way later. So that's a confirmation where you can now trust what that guy's saying. But then if you look at his profile, everyone labeled him an insane person. I was like, so wait, oh, you're saying you had a reporter who was mentally unstable. Is that what you're saying? And they're like, right. yeah. So they, they character assassinate him to where his any of his opinions don't valid and people can easily just say, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, you just write someone off as crazy, then they lose all their credibility. No more JFK. I'm done talking about it now. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was just going to have one more question. What do you think happens if we do get to the bottom of this? You won't ever get the answer. That's what makes it so crazy. You won't ever get the answer to it. Um, the best thing that you can do now is be able to make sure all the documents are released. And it's kind of what the purpose of the film was. I haven't even really announced it yet. I probably mentioned it on off-air JFK episodes and stuff, but I didn't want to put it out until it was done, so I didn't have any pressure to make it. Um, but you won't get an answer to it. Uh, the best thing you can do is what I'm going to have at the ending of my film is what Oliver Stone did, which is write your congressman to get the rest of these files to you. I want a live church committee talking about everything that we know now about yeah. the government. It's interesting because um, the Republicans are actually trying to push for another church-style committee to look into the FBI and CIA. I don't want it to be that, though. I just want like a team of JFK researchers, and I'll even go there. I want to get Marina Oswald in court um, to testify or subpoena her to court. She should have said this a long time ago, but she's been hidden. So, Yeah. So you're talking about wrapping up. What's, uh, what's the game plan after that? Fuck if I know. Take a break, dude. Take a shit. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> just, I don't know if I'm done yet, nothing. so I'm not going to say it yet. I, I still I have fun conversations. I just need fun conversations like this rather than just having the same old seriousness, all the educational. Like I'm like fuck. Like sometimes I crack a joke. Like the one guy was like, you know, I was on Larry King, right? And I was like, damn, what happened? You landed on this show. 
And then <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I guess it, I, I didn't think about it. Tom, I it guess didn't I don't, land with him. It didn't I, land with him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get mad at me. He was just like silent. And then I go, okay, well, here's my question. Um, I don't think about that type of shit, dude. I like to joke around like, and that's like, funny. yeah, yeah. But I thought it was like, someone commented and they're like, that's fucking hilarious. And I was just like, all right, good. So at least someone got it out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to laugh at ourselves and have fun i try not to take things too seriously too it's so uh, what's nice is because before i started the, the political podcast i would be seeing all this political shit and like i could feel myself like getting anxious about it you know just being like frustrated about how the way things are going but then you start the podcast that's like therapeutic just talking through shit well it's you and dan too so yeah if i ever did a show again i wouldn't give up this one but if i ever did another show i would just do one where i talked to myself and just read news headlines because there's some of them where I'm like, what the fuck are we like OJ stepping out about the Murdoch trial? Oh, what did he say? He just, I don't, I, I honestly, I haven't even clicked on the video. I just know he made some statements about it, but that's OJ. OJ's made many different statements on Twitter about fantasy football. And you ever see his videos on fantasy football where he's like, Hey, Twitter world, it's the boy giving you some news <laughs> on some fantasy sports and then everyone's like if you read the comments it's like murder 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 hey how's uh darnell's niece doing murder 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 <laughs> right. like just random shit i loved you in the naked gun <laughs> that's what i knew him from yeah. i go i go oh my god this guy's awesome who is he and i look up i go oj i go it's not the same oj is it and i look up I go, oh my god what happened yeah <laughs> Something escalated, and it's funny. Some of the forensic pathologists from the JFK stuff were like there on OJ's thing, so it was just like, "What the fuck are we talking about here?" But yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Just uh, I, I thought about that too, because uh, we uh, when we live stream, we live stream on Twitch and stuff, and so it's led me into that whole little hole of watching other people on their live streams and stuff like that. And I've thought about even doing that like i do even do even doing it under the libservative name but just hopping on and just reading random headlines you know giving my take on current events and then having people in the comments you know kind of dictate the conversation i'll have, to, I'll have to go on one time oh on twitch no on your show oh yeah you'll definitely have to come on we're actually so we're setting up uh uh the scheduling to interview people from the from andrew yang's uh, political party that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just don't That's do pretty shows. pretty cool, I guess. I just don't do other people's shows. No, you haven't been on anyone's shows, have you? I've been on a couple. But I think you'd have fun with me and Dan. We got I a just, third guy now. I don't like it being focused to me. If you catch the ones I've been on, I've kind of turned it into back on everybody. It's kind of like an open discussion. I like an open discussion. I just don't like being, what are your thoughts on that? Like, this fucking shit. Why does anybody care what I think? Nobody gives a fuck. Right. We have a third guy now. Who's we have uh, this guy, uh, Bell. His name. He was on my the Four Guys podcast too. His name's Brandon, and uh, he actually he sits behind me. He's kind of our Jamie. Like if we're talking and like we think of a stat, he just he'll look it up and pull it up, so it doesn't, so it doesn't pull the conversation away and distract us from our flow to have to like stop and search something. That's good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's a. Uh, it's interesting because he's a, he's a uh, body snatcher. He works for a morgue. Ooh. So he has to go and pick up bodies at houses and stuff like that. Yeah, it's That's real interesting job. work. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that God shit. God damn. Right? <laughs> you want someone to interview to hear some wild stories. I've had a couple of people from morgues on before, but I don't know. It sounds interesting. I definitely send them my info. 
Okay. Yeah, I could do that. Tell them it's conversation, <laughs> though. If you say interview, I'll snap your neck. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> well, Corey, you're giving me enough of your time, brother, man. I appreciate you having you back on. Um, maybe get Dan on here as well, too. We'll do another group one again. But where can people find your show? Uh, Libserta Podcast. Actually, it's interesting. We have a a whole thing written up now. I can just read it off. Libserta Podcast is found on social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. And we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Pod, And our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. You can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. I just vomited. Puked a little bit. I usually try to. I usually try to read it like, uh, like it's like, uh, like some actual news. It's like the start of podcasts found at all social media podcast platforms. <laughs> I usually just say Google it. Hey, just Google it. Fucking do the work. Why do I have to do all the work for you? Just type it. Like I got to put out the content. The least you can do is just Google. Right. <laughs> People will Google how many how many space shuttles it'll take to get to Mars, but they'll never Google that. There's something so simple, which is the title of something. Right. They'll they'll go on WebMD and then self-diagnose themselves with cancer. God, <laughs> everything leads to cancer. <laughs> everything. Right. Isn't that insane? My toe hurts. Cancer. What? Yeah, it's got to be cancer. Well, I mean, that's how Bob Marley went. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, McCorey, I'm going to link your links in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting with you again, my brother, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.